Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. I'm going to pull the questions up here. Um, you said you had some announcements about Black Friday. Yes, sir. It want to get right Black into it. Black Friday today. Mm-hmm. Um, are you shopping Black Friday? You going to get anything? I mean, now it's it's very strictly Cyber Monday for four days in a row, basically. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday now. Uh-huh. But because nobody's – oh, yeah, how are they going to regulate that? I mean, we're – obviously, it's today when they're listening to this, but we're recording ahead of time. Everything's shutting down. You can't be around more than 10 people yeah. in most states. How are they going to let Black Friday be a thing? People all, running all around pushing each other. All online. There's no way. Yeah. Because government- Black Friday used to be crazy. Yeah. Like people stabbing each other over some fucking they're shoes. They're at 25% capacity. So yeah. there's at least absolutely in no way it's going to be Black Friday. Yeah, no, it's going to be all online, which is funny because, you know, so we're, we got the new house coming up and we're like, all right, so Black Friday should be folks on that. Like, let's get stuff we need for the house, you know? And uh, November 1st, Black Friday's deal started at Home Depot and Lowe's. It's like, so it's just November now? Black November. Like, it used to be Black Friday, and then yeah. it was the whole weekend, and yeah. then it was the whole weekend and Cyber Monday. Then it started on Thanksgiving. Then it became the week of, and now it's just the whole month. Just that's, just that's, lower your prices. Yeah, that's so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Takes out the excitement. It does. You know? but, um, I've never been to a Black Friday in person. I have been there, I've done it once. It was a bad decision. I don't want to wake up that early. It, like literally, I did, yeah, I didn't, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. Like where they open at like four in the morning and yeah. you're already camping outside waiting. Yeah, yeah, I've never done that. I've gone Black Friday shopping like nine, ten in the morning, and it was by then it's just like there's just people everywhere and everything's sold out anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. like, I'm just getting anxiety for no reason. Yeah. This is just horrible. But uh, we're gonna get a TV for sure. Oh, for the for the new place, yeah, because yeah. we need we need another TV. What about so your about this one here? The one above your fireplace at the old house. That's in our living room right now. We That's still have that. It's a good TV. Yeah. And then we have our bedroom one. We need one more. For what? There's more than one room. Ah. It's a bigger house. Ah. We need more TVs. Gotcha. That's like the worst part about buying a bigger house. It's like, fuck. Can I get more stuff? I got to buy more TVs. Yeah. <laughs> Big TV guy. Huge TV guy. We got to yeah. put one in Blakely's playroom, basically, because yeah. she's got the downstairs. It's like a playroom. Yeah. So we'll put that in there. But You get like an 80-inch. Yeah, no, I think we're literally going to get, like, I think the smallest one we looked at was, like, 64 inches or something, yeah. which will go in our living room, and then we'll put the one we have right now in her. We're not going to buy her a brand new yeah. TV. She doesn't know the difference. Yeah. But um, we already got our, we bought a fridge on Black Friday special, like, wow. a week ago. Wow. <laughs> a week ago while we were recording this, so two weeks prior to Black Friday, we already got the Black Friday sale. Wait, you're just going to pick it up in three months? So you can schedule delivery. So we schedule delivery for the exact day we move into the house. Yeah. So they just drop it off. I'm putting my money on it that they're going to be out of stock and you're going to have problems. Well, we already paid for it. So I, they I get it. Or just get like a newer version or, or well, last last year we, model. we tried to get the Black Friday fridge 
Yeah. And they were sold out. Do you remember that? Yeah, and they gave you the one on on display. Yeah, because yeah. Shannon was like ripping through every. I hope they don't listen dude, to this podcast. Lowe's, but... Home Depot, Best Buy. She was yeah. talking to everybody. Yeah. Give me your manager. I am the manager. Give me your owner. <laughs> like just like going up the line. Oh, she's great. But. But we got it. it for free. Oh yeah, we never even paid for it. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, because, <laughs> but Sh- Shannon gave him our card over yeah. the phone. Like we paid for it, but they just didn't charge it. And then we're, I was like, "Hey, is it? It's not even pending. I'm gonna give it a few more days." And then finally, I was like, "Well, free fridge." Wow. Yeah. Part of me felt really guilty. That's the, a come up. Yeah, but the other part of me was like, it's a m- "You guys screwed us because you." Multi-million dollar company, dude. Yeah, and they didn't notice. Yeah. It was like a penny to them. But yeah. Thank you, Lowe's. Or Best Buy or somebody. I don't know. But <laughs> diverging from the point, today we have a Black Friday special sale for you guys. Mm. Um, tailored, trainer, six-month or 12-month, paid in full, dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, I don't have the prices right in front of me as we're recording this, but I believe it's 265 for the six-month, and it's just under 500 so it's like 475 485 for the 12 month which the is the longer you buy the more you get off exactly mm-hmm. um and it's it's like i believe it's over 25% off like i think it's almost 50 like it's it's a significant discount sick um and i just keep thinking like to just to put this into context for you guys when i was training people in person um at a gym that had it wasn't normal rate so normally like if you're if you're a really good in person trainer you usually charge hourly right so let's say you're $100 an hour that's like a pretty good trainer yeah you train with somebody two times a week, that's $800 a month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So For one person. For one person. Now, if you go to a gym that allows like semi-private like what we did, you don't pay that much. So it was 450 bucks to work with me twice a week. Um, I was different than some of the coaches, not just there but elsewhere too, like where some coaches, you come in, you train with them, that's it. Yeah. Right? But I was like, I'm going to give you nutrition. I'm going to train you outside the gym. I'm going to give you programming. I want to make sure that you get the best results possible, right? So it was a lot of value for 450 bucks. But my point being is that's one month. Yep. So now you get my programming and you get access to me at the group, which is basically like having a trainer. You know, I'm not there counting your reps, but I'm going to guide you. I'm going to watch your form, critique it, help you adjust the program as needed for a year for damn near the same price. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It almost like it's it's like almost stupid when I say it out loud. I'm like, fuck, that's like almost too, <laughs> yeah, too good of a deal. But it's like, it's like you're there with him too. Like, yeah, I'm in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> personal trainer in your pocket. But um, and we're and we're doing things to try to make it more and more individualized. That's why we're uh, by the time this goes out, the quiz should already be done. Um, I'll show you that later. They sent me the final draft mm-hmm. of it recently, but basically like answer these questions and as you go through this it takes you through this like journey and then it goes this is the program for you dope right and the way i want to design it soon is like basically there's categories so there's not like you can sign up for muscle by science or bodybuilding something it's it's literally like pick your days per week so how many days do you want to be in the gym mm-hmm. and then based on your specific goals you're either in like the aesthetics category which is like very geared towards bodybuilding. You're in the performance category, which is very geared towards strength, or you're right in the middle, which most people fall in the middle. Performance bodybuilding is always my most popular program, and that's like right in the middle, or you're in that category. And within those, there's a three, four, five, six-day split. You know what I mean? So now it's like instead of you seeing a list of 26 programs and trying to be like, hmm, which one should I pick? Like, well, Muscle by Science sounds cool. What's that about? Like, And then watching the video and trying to decide on your own. This will guide you. I designed the quiz, so it's like literally my advice. Um, and that should be done by the time you listen to this, so that should be there when you get in. 
But uh, Black Friday special, um, the coupon code is, let's just make it Black Friday one word. There you go. Yeah. I, I guess now that we're recording this, I haven't created the coupon <laughs> code yet because we're recording this early. Uh, we'll just make it Black Friday. One, one, one word, no spaces, no caps. Um, we'll put that in the description of this podcast as well. Um, and that code will expire. So I, you know, I know sometimes you guys listen to these podcasts, um, late. Like I get people that are like listening to podcasts months later, you know, and they DM me and they're like, this episode was great. Or they tag me and I'm like, damn, I recorded that so long ago. It's not going to be live for you. Yeah. Um, unless I completely forget to take the code off, you can, (laughs) you can try, (laughs) you can try to sneak in, but otherwise this is a time limited thing. Um, so you basically have this weekend, we're going to close it down after Monday. So it'll be black Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and cyber Monday. There you go. Um, and then it's finito. Um, but that's it. That's the only announcement for today. Black Friday is going on. I was going to ask you, do you, that. do you want to talk about what you showed me earlier? Which one? What did I show you? The Shirt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's fine. The charity shirt? You want to talk about it? Yeah. Um, so we don't have harsh, hard details on it. Um, Shannon is going through uh, like two or three different charity organizations that we're trying to decide from. Um, being that it's going to be like a Christmas charity in a way, you know, cause we're going to launch it in December cause we, we, we spent a lot of time. The reason it's been so delayed, we spent a lot of time changing the checkout process cause there was some confusion. People wanted, like there were some women who wanted male shirts or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was just too many variables. So the way we set it up is so simple. It's basically like small, medium, large, XL, X small, whatever, right? How many of each do you want? That changes your price automatically. And then you can adjust your donation on top of that. Perfect. So there's like a scale and it's like a $10 minimum donation. Mm-hmm. So if you buy a shirt, you got to donate at least 10 bucks to charity and you can just donate 10 or you can scroll that to 20, 40, 50, 100, 200, whatever you want. I don't know. I think the cap's 100, but you can, you can scale that. And then there's a note section for anything you want us to know. Yeah. Do you want us to know that you want a male shirt or whatever it may be? Or um, usually we just look at the name and we assume, but it would be smart for everybody to just put in male, female, Why whatever. Why not a button? Male, female. Um, because, and woman. because there's multiple shirts. Mm-hmm. So like if... So just say, if, so, you, so if so I like, buy five shirts, put in the additional details, but three men. Exactly. If we put bubbles for it, we'd have to have like 12 because we'd have to think of every variation oh, wow. for every size of shirt. Because if somebody buys four different sizes because mm-hmm. they're buying it for their family, Touché. you know what I mean? Yep. And also if somebody's name is Pat, yep. is it Patty, Patricia, or is yep. it Patrick? Yep. Good <laughs> so point. It's like, you know what I mean? Yep. Good so, example. Um, it's like the the first name that always comes to mind. Um, Jamie, I guess, is another one. You know, Cody is. There's actually women named Cody. Yeah, Dustin's girlfriend. Different spelling though. Hers isn't it Cody? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like literally C O D Y Cody. Oh wow. Yeah. I yeah. remember reading a book when I was a kid, um, and the I was so pissed. <laughs> this was the girl's main character named Cody. Uh, but yeah, that'll go out. Mid-December, I believe, well before Christmas, we're probably going to gear the charity closer to something like Holiday Spirit, Giving Back, something like that for this one. Um, And then the one after that will probably launch in like February. Because now that we have the system, I think we're going to be able to do every other month. Um, Or it'll be once a quarter because it takes... At the end of the day, it takes everybody's shirt's going to get to them like four to six six weeks after they order because we got to take all week to get the orders. Then we got to send in the orders, have them printed and made, and then have them shipped out. There you go. So depending on where you live, it just takes time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but 
that'll get announced soon. We're we're uh, modeling the shirt. The shirt's gonna be simple, clean. Um, Dude, I love it. It's super dope, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. it's and it's and it's like I told you. Like I'm not gonna say. If you guys can guess, you can try to guess this. It's it's don't base. leave no, that out. Everybody knows. If, I know what you're gonna okay. say. Everybody knows that answer. Not everybody, but okay, you're You've right. Said it hundred so, times. <laughs> so they're they're amazing, but um, we're modeling shirts after certain things. And, there you go. Yeah, so That's it's enough. it's so it's iconic. Um, but I, I love but, that it's white. I love that it's white. It's a white shirt. I love that it's just black design. And it's just simple. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that to me is so dope. I'd rock that shirt. Yeah, me yeah. too, dude. Yeah. And it's and the cool thing is I made sure that this time we went with the scallop fit. So for, oh, yeah. for people listening, this is more of like a it's like a longer shirt. So it's a slim fit, longer shirt, athletic fit, not slim fit. Athletic fit, longer shirt, so it doesn't like you know when like a, a shirt fits good on the shoulders, but it's like hovering over your belt. Yeah. You're like, fuck, I wish this was longer because if I bend over, you can see like a butt crack if it was hanging out or like my lower back or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. So it's, it's scallop tank. So it's tall and then it curves around That's your sides. Sick, so, um, it's a dope cut. I'm I can't wait to that. see people tagging themselves yeah. with it. Yeah. I want to make this like a thing. Dude. I want to, who did what? Did you do the design logo? I didn't literally design it, but it was my idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one was Shannon's. The The next one that goes out, it was kind of both of ours because it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. somebody we both really wanted to model something after. Um, but the, this shirt is like definitely my style of what I wear. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm excited. I'm going to get multiple. Because I'm doing I might say, hey, can you send me some other colors too? Yeah. <laughs> Just get some like, let me get a black one. Let me get a blue one. Yeah. I want to, I want to like a, I want an army, like a. Are you playing the CEO card here? Maybe. I'm playing the C. You know what I want? CCO card. Well, if I if I get other ones, I'll let you know. I want to get a white one At with a black one. camo logo. Oh. The logo printed camo. I don't know if they can do that. Yeah. So we'll find out. I would love a black with white design and a white with a black yeah, design. me too. That'd be sick. Um, so, yeah, stay anyway. on the lookout for that, guys. Uh, December, mid-December, those will come out. Um, the process is going to be 10 times easier, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and, yeah. Cool. going to be a good cause. <coughs> All right, let's get into it. We got um, a lot of questions today. So the first question. Hey, hold on. Real quick, if you guys have, haven't checked it out, go subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not subscribed there yet. Obviously, we put the podcast there, but what we've been doing is picking like our favorite clips. So you'll see, uh, what's that called? Like an excerpt? Is that what it's called? Sure. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Basically, like, we cut out five to ten minutes of, like, one specific question that we think is very valuable, um, and we break it down. So you'll see on our on our YouTube channel, there's, like, a audio wave-looking thumbnail. If you click that, it, it plays the audio wave for five seconds, and then it goes into me actually going into the topic. Um, but those have been popular, and they're, they're really informative and quick. If you want, like, the answer to a single question or you want to pick out the best parts of every episode, head over to our YouTube channel. Um you can just find Cody Boom Boom McBroom on there. There you go. All right, cool. We got the first question. Comes from Mr. Joe Harris. Says, "What's your favorite person to learn from? Who is your favorite person to learn from in business?" In business, um, I think it goes in waves. You know, I, I mean, the main the main things I'm going to say is like obviously mentors. You know, like. Does he mean specific people? I don't know. I think he's... Who's your favorite person? He's probably, like, talking about books and authors and stuff Mm. like that, you know? Because obviously, like, you know, I work with Andreas uh, Villalba and uh, John Romanello separately. 
Um, and both of them are two people that I really, really like learning from. And it's two completely different perspectives on business and two different backgrounds on business. So that helps a lot. But I think more so than any one person or influencer or icon or author or anything like that, um, I would probably say that like in general, mentors are always going to be the best bet. You know, like definitely you, you should have somebody that really can understand your business and know what you need and know your personality because that's going to dictate what you do and how you do it. Um, but other than that, if we consider like authors and stuff like that, I'd probably go with Seth Godin for sure. I can't name one because there's been a period of time where I'm like really into an author or really into learning from one person. And then, you know, as I feel like I extract as much as I can from that person, yeah, move on to the next person. Um, Seth Godin is amazing. I don't know if it's Godin or Godin. He's amazing. His book, Tribe, no, Tribes, really, really helped me out. It's basically about building a tribe and a community Um, and making a business feel like you're a part of something. And I feel like we do that pretty well because we generally want to create a movement. So Seth Godin has been great. He has a bunch too. Purple Cow, Lynchpin is a great one. If you work for- Purple Cow? Purple Cow. Yeah. Oh. It's a a book. Um, Purple Cow stands out. So how do you stand out in business? Ah. That's why it's called that. Ah. Who's the purple cow? You know? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The elephant in the room, you yeah. know? Um, Lynchpin is a great book by him if you work for somebody else. These are all by Godin? Seth Godin, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Lynchpin would be a great book for you, for example. I think I've said that to you mm. before. I think I've referred to that like I'm like, now you're starting to think like a linchpin. Ah, yeah. And basically what that means is, is a linchpin is an immovable object, right? So if you're a linchpin in the business, the business literally needs you, right? So if we're to continue doing what we're doing, I need you doing what you're doing because this doesn't run without you kind gotcha. of thing. That's what gotcha. a linchpin is. So that's a great book for you if you work for somebody. It's a good book in general. Um, I was I went through a Robin Sharma phase, loved his books. Um, the Leader Who Had No Title, it's one that I always recommend. It's one of my favorite books. Um, it's about leadership uh, and knowing that everybody's on the same level no matter what. We're all equal, and we're all just trying to grow together. Um, He has another one called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, which was another great one, but more about, I mean, like the title says it all. It's a monk who sold his Ferrari, right? So he was a a really, really wealthy lawyer and got rid of all the material items to become a monk and be still. And it kind of like, it's like a reflection of what's important in life kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which I think that one is like a good one to tame the wild beast of an entrepreneur. Most people are, For you sure. know what I mean? Without it getting out of hand. Um, Seth Godin, Robin Sharma, amazing. Um, there's a lot of one-off books. Like, you know, like the one thing is great. The E-Myth's great, but they're just one single book. So I can't even say that I, I don't even know the authors. Like I can't <laughs> think of them off the top of my head. Um, so they haven't influenced me that much. Another one though, that really, really, really impacted me was Donald Glober. No, Donald Glober's Childish Gambino. Um, <laughs> Donald Miller. <laughs> Uh, a little different. Yeah, way different. Um, Donald Miller wrote the book Building a Story Brand, and it talks about, like, why why do we love Luke Skywalker, right? Why do we love Harry Potter? Why do we love Frodo? Because they're the hero in the journey, right? Mm. So how do you create a hero's journey within your own business, right? Who is Luke Skywalker? As a business owner, that's not me. Shit, I'm Obi-Wan, you know, I'm like the side character that's guiding you. The client is the main character. 
Mm. My, my clients are all Luke Skywalker. How do I create a brand that shines light on you being Luke Skywalker? So you're the hero. You're the center of attention. Um, that book literally completely, probably the, one of the most influential books on my business, to be honest with you. Like it yeah. just completely shifted how I looked at everything on my website, looked at how I promoted our brand, everything. So that one's huge. Um, Tony Robbins, uh, his sales courses, his uh, Mastering Influence is an amazing course. Um, I actually just picked up the revamped version for the team yesterday, so I got to send them. Like for my, Tony Robbins? Yeah, it's really, really good. It's That one's like a three-day course, and you listen to these audios, and it takes you through these experiences and, and practices, and it's, it's unbelievable. Um, but he has a lot of like NLP stuff, neuro-linguistic programming, mm. which is something like the FBI uses and shit. Basically... How do I how do I use words and body language to, to get you to do what I want you to do? Manipulate. In a way. It's positive it's like, manipulation okay. though. Because Tony Robbins changes people's lives. Right. He like he makes people find happiness. He makes people break through, be more successful, lose weight, whatever it is. So it's how do we use this NLP, this mind Jedi trick to influence people to make the right decisions in their okay. life, right? So that was a really powerful, uh, I can't remember the book that he goes over NLP, but a lot of his stuff covers NLP. Um, so it's it's so hard for me to say, you know, there's just so many people. Um, there's people in the industry that I follow and pay attention to very closely um, because they're very successful in my industry, you know, and rather than me being a hater, I'm an admirer. Yep. I'm watching. I'm like, man, you guys are killing it. Observer. So I'm going to observe what you're doing and, and in a way copy it and do it my own way because nope. that's all business is. You don't reinvent the wheel. You see what works and then you put your own spin and personality into it. And if you understand your own message and you understand your own brand, you understand your own personality and how to display that, it works really well. And For it sure. seems unique to you because it is. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to go through a list of like other businesses that I like watch, but like there's, there's definitely people out there, um, that I, that yeah, I pay watch. attention to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's good. Man. I think that's good, man. The only other person I can think of that's really inspired me, but hasn't literally given me any direct info or application at all is Rob Deerdeck. Yeah. He just inspires the shit out of me from a business perspective. Joe. Joe. Rogan. Joe Rogan too, yeah. Joe Rogan just is like he's just a wealth of knowledge and just a hustler. Yeah, I listen to he's just work hard. I listen to more of his like science and religion and spirituality podcast than anything else, though. Mm. I don't listen to any of the fighting ones. Sometimes I'll listen to the nutrition ones, um, but a lot of times the nutrition experts the on there are the kind vitamin, of vitamin D lady, Doctor Rhonda Patrick. Yeah, she's amazing, but yeah. she goes on a bunch of different topics. I don't like listening to ones like. There was like the carnivore guy and then there was like the paleo guy and they're very dogmatic in their approach. They're Definitely. smart, but I don't want to hear a dogmatic approach. Rhonda Patrick, just she's just like everything. She's yeah. just a wealth of knowledge. Um, but I've been really into his podcast about uh, religion and drugs, for lack of better terms. <laughs> um, Medicine. I bought the book that he, he interviewed that guy that wrote the book Immortal Key and it talks about the connection between Greek mythology and religion and Catholicism and Christianity and then how like these like uh, ceremonial rituals using mushrooms and ayahuasca and stuff influence them to get into the afterlife and blah, blah, blah. Like it's just a fascinating. Wow. And like the fact that they have like pretty good evidence. Yeah. It's like that makes you think, Touché. you know, like old, old paintings like they find in old, old churches and they're like, why are there mushrooms in these paintings? And you're like, whoa. Um, 
not enough to get me to do it, but uh, but I like listening to those ones. Um, I don't think he has any business people on there though. Jocko with like for leadership. Yeah, but he doesn't have too many. He had Gary V on there. Um, oh, years ago. Gary V is another good one. I feel like I learned a ton from him. Not personally, obviously, but uh, I followed his content very closely and really paid attention to how methodical he was about things um, for a long time. Yeah. So, um, like, it's great. I can. Do, I mean, just from like a content perspective, he was a big one. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of people. So <laughs> we'll stop there. I think <laughs> Seth Godin, Robin Sharma, Donald Miller for authors, Rob Deerdeck just for a person that inspires me, Gary V for content. Um, yeah, and and then the people I I watch closely in the industry, for sure. My industry, yeah. Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins. Got <laughs> to mention that one. Uh, all right, cool. We'll go uh, to the next question. Here is from Keel Space Vod. This is pretty long, so get ready to take notes. I've been going hard for over a year. My quote unquote rest days are going for a run, usually ten to fifteen kil- kilometers. I hit 10,000 steps nearly every day and weight train six to seven days a week. No inju- no injuries because I train hard, but also smart. I use full ROM and also see improvements week to week. Like right. Full range of motion. Mm-hmm. I u- people listening. Uh, she says, I also see improvements week to week, like load PRs or more reps. Progression isn't foreign to me. However, my volume per session and weekly training volume is very high when I compare it to uh, RP strengths, MRV, RPs, strength, MRVs, and volume landmarks. Typically, my session will include four to five supersets, each th- three to five sets with reps to fi- five to 15. I feel so burnout, but at the same level, I'm not sure how to even find a MEV or MB. I'm not sure I know those ones. Uh, minimum effective volume and then maintenance volume. There you go. All the templates I read say to experiment on your own meso. Uh, that's a cycle. On your own meso cycle. Yep. Uh, however, mine has been so high for so long, I'm scared to take volume volume that low. Do you think a resonation phase would help? I think she meant resensitization. Resensitization. I think I clicked auto correct on that because it had the because resensitization really isn't a word. Yeah. We just use it in our world. Oh. <laughs> um. But how how do you handle anxiety from not being able to exercise? Yeah, I, I kind of helped her in the DMs a little bit because I felt like she needed immediate response, but she asked it for the podcast. But um, And I think she's in Canada. I'm pretty sure she's a Canadian. Shout out hey. to my fellow com- Canadians. Go. Um, because I am Canadian for those listening. Not from there, but my family is. Um, also, weird thing. Why are we the only people that use pounds and kilometers or pounds and miles? I don't know. Everybody else uses kilograms and kilometers. Mm. I like pounds and miles better. Well, we do because we've lived here our whole life. So why do we want? But to uh, people outside of here, they're like, why would you? <laughs> people outside of the United States are smarter than too. There's a lot of Europeans and people like that. They understand yeah. pounds and kilograms really and well. We and no we're idea. like kilowatt, kilowatt. Just like have yeah. no idea. Km. <laughs> yeah. KG for kilograms. Um, I First off, I thought, I didn't know your family was from Canada. My mom, yeah. They're all born in uh, Toronto. My mom oh. was born there, and obviously. I um, thought they were from freaking Timbuktu. Hungary? Yeah. No, my grandpa is. So my grandpa fled from the Hungarian Revolution, which was like a war. Yeah. I can't remember if it was Germany or Russia that was taken over, but he fled at like 14, went to a, uh, siblings died. It's a crazy story. Okay. 
concentration I, camp, went to the army, got shot, fled out of the country on a boat, got to Canada. Wow, okay. Became a gymnast, met my grandma, had my mom and yeah. There's, there's that's what it's in your blood. Yeah, and then at some point they moved over here and obviously my dad met my mom. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, a uh, few things on this one. The first thing I would say is this is actually a really relevant topic too because of there are some people listening to this that their gym shut down yeah. right, because of COVID um, and this like this ramp up again of, of, of COVID cases increasing and they're shutting down gyms. Um, whether or not that's a good idea as for another podcast, I don't think it is. But essentially people have asked me, like, are all my gains going to, you know, disappear? Like, am I screwed because I can't go to the gym now? But what people have to remember is that you literally need 50% of the volume to maintain that you do to grow. So your MEV, most effective volume, essentially, minimum, minimum effective volume. Let's say that's uh, minimum effective is uh, 10 sets, right? 10 sets per week per muscle group. Well, that means maintenance is five sets. It's literally half. You know how easy it is to do five sets of chest? Yeah. Five sets of 10 push-ups. Because you can probably do more than 10 push-ups if you're a good lifter, five sets of 25 push-ups. You know, do them on, spread them out two days of the week too, three mm-hmm. and two. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not that hard. So don't worry about, like I think that you're going to get more benefit out of, and I do, there's a little bit of research to show that resensitization does work. You're better off dropping the maintenance volume, which would still maintain your your muscle mass, um, and the caloric expenditure isn't different because, yeah, we're doing less reps, so you would think I'm doing less reps, I'm probably going to burn less calories, but you're also lifting heavier because yeah. you're doing less reps, so you're still going to burn the same amount of calories. It's not it's not a big enough difference. Um, you don't burn that many calories during training anyway. But if you lower the maintenance, not only are you going to maintain everything, but you could potentially resensitize your body to those high volumes. And we've seen this and I've seen this where like you go from doing high volume training for a while and it's, it's just, you're not getting pumps. It's not working more. You're feeling like you're not progressing much. So you pull volume back to maintenance volume, focus on building strength for at least four weeks, if not six to eight weeks. So a couple blocks, mesocycles, and then return back to that high volume. Maybe it's a push pull leg split or whatever that is. You will get bigger pumps. You will see better progress, and your body will be really. It'll seem sensitive to it. It's part of why, like classic block periodization, it works, right? Yeah. Like you, you go through uh, an uh, accumulation phase, which is high volume. Then you go into an intensification phase, which lowers volume and increases intensity. And then you go through a peaking phase, which is uh, a realization phase, which is basically your peaking strength levels. You max out maximum intensity, lowest volume. Yeah. So you're basically taking this process of going from high volumes to low volumes, and then you come back up, right? And you just wave this. Versus, and you can even, if, if hypertrophy is your main goal, you, you would just double the amount of time in the accumulation phase. So instead of taking four weeks to accumulate volume, take eight weeks. There you go. And then you have four weeks of accumulating intensity, right, load. So, one, there's a reason why programming textbooks for Olympic athletes use this system. It works. Um, and there's also some research to show it works for hypertrophy. So after, because for some people, like, I mean, I should I did a high volume program for six to eight months. It worked for a long time. It took, I think after eight months of doing like either a push pull legs or an upper lower push pull legs, just a lot of volume. I finally was like, all right, I need to switch it up because I'm, I think I'm using it all. So even that accumulation phase can go way longer. High volume phase can go for a while. But then once you reintroduce a 
low volume phase, your body essentially grows more sensitive to that high volume training that you were doing for muscle growth. Yeah. So you're more likely to start building and get the most out of your training again. Um, but the whole point here is simple is like at worst, the worst case scenario for you doing this is that you don't resensitize. Okay. You still yeah. maintain. Yeah. And if anything, psychologically, you'll be less burnt out because you take a break from the shit you're doing. Um, I'm a big fan of variety just to stimulate your mind. You know, like I, I, I have to change things. That's why I like conjugate methods because conjugate method training is, you know, every two to three weeks, you're changing all the lifts, you're changing all the exercises. And every single week you change the compound lift, which is a lot. Yeah. I don't think that's the best idea for uh, beginners. I think advanced lifters, that's great because the reason they do that is because they work up to a one rep max every single week, which is counterintuitive to anything because that's just like so much stress on the body. But one of the reasons, uh, one of the factors that, that increases neurological stress is the accumulation of that. So mm. if I do a back squat every week and I max out, that burns me out more than going back squat, front squat, deadlift, uh, box squat, safety bar, like switching up the variations actually lowers central nervous system fatigue. So you can go to those maxes. Um, but that, that variety is so stimulating, you know, so at least do it for the psychological benefit. Um, but here, here's the thing too, is the last thing I'll say is like, I've seen your profile. I talked to you many times. You're not overweight. You're, you're not unhealthy. Like you're fine. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of people, the people who worry most about this are the people who don't have to worry about it. You know, like that sounds, I used to do ass backwards. It is. But when you <clears throat> do so much of something, you train so much and you care so much about it, you're so afraid to lose it. You know what I mean? So like everything is a big deal. You know, I can relate to that even in business. Yeah. yeah. One little thing changes or goes wrong or anything. And I'm like, oh, fuck, we're gonna, this, it's all going to crumble. <laughs> you know, it's all done. Not the case. Um, I've gotten better about that with training. Like back in the day, if I got a tat and I couldn't train for a few days, I was like depressed. <laughs> right. Like I just couldn't do it. I was like, I, I really thought like things were going to bad were going to happen. Now I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll skip. It's a week. Not the end of the world. Oh. Yeah, this, I mean, dude, this one is f horrible. You're skipping a week? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I might do some, like, shrugs today just because I can keep my arms locked out. But, dude, with with the elbow, bending your elbow up and down just opens the scab yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And my guy tattoos so hard. <laughs> I asked, I was like, bro, you, your hand is so much heavier than any tattoo artist I've ever met. It was so deep. Yeah. And his whole thing is like he's I don't like doing touch ups. So my <laughs> he's like my ink doesn't go anywhere. I'm like I mean I can't be mad at that. It's yeah. like your ink looks great long term, but and everything I've gotten from him turned out great, but oh, this thing is horrible right now, man. Ouch. It's so dry. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. But I wanted to pop in real quick and shout out my sponsor, Legion Athletics. Legion Athletics is the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. They are naturally sweetened and flavored supplements that are scientifically backed with good ingredients and proper doses, which is pretty rare in the supplement space, to be honest with you. And you get 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. So if you hate the product, which probably won't happen, you can get all your money back. Right now, you can head over to buylegion.com slash boom boom and save 20% off your first order and start getting loyalty points so you can get free supplements in the future. Legion is literally a company that I've been using for years, not only for myself, but also with my family and with all of my clients. 
They have some great products for sports performance and health. And I really can't say enough about who they are as a brand, their transparency, because they are one of the only supplement companies that actually says nutrition and training is more important than supplements. So they are very honest. They are very science-driven and evidence-based, and they are the real deal when it comes to the top quality supplements that you can get on the market. So once again, head over to buylegion.com slash boom boom and save today. Now, without any further ado, let's get back to the episode. All right. Uh, next question comes from Stu McKenna. Roma Gan- oh, here we go. Roma Ganano. How do you know when is the right time to start a cut? Different per person, but minimum intake. Different per person. How do you know when it is right time to start a cut? Parentheses. Different per person. Parentheses, but minimum intake. Huh, minimum intake. Um, when do you, How do you know when is the right time to start a cut but minimum intake? Maybe she wants, maybe she meant and minimum intake. Should have vetted that question better. You're the professional. Um, so, yes, it is different per person. So, obviously, but when the right time <laughs> it to It depends. Cut, yeah. I mean, there's just so many factors with, with this. But at the end of the day, like... It depends on your biofeedback. So, like, the things I'm looking for, first and foremost, in relation to your diet history, how is your diet duration, frequency, intensity? So, frequency, how many times have you dieted in the last year? Because it does matter. You know, I mean, year's a big period of time, but I want to know how often you've dieted in the last year. I want to know how long those diets were, and I want to know how intense those diets were. Those things tell me how fatigued your body and your physiological system is and when I know that that determines to me where I want you before we dive into a diet so for most people I'm, I'm simply looking for like hey you've had a good amount of time outside of a deficit not dieting you have low stress in your life from a social uh, environmental aspect you can sustain a diet you could adhere to this if I gave it to you and you have a specific goal Mm-hmm. Right, So if I know exactly where we're going, I know that your body isn't too stressed to do it, and I know that your life supports the goal, then you're ready to diet. Um, there's no hard number on that because, you know, somebody could come, two people could come to me and say, hey, I would, last time I was in a deficit was three months ago. One person was in a deficit three months ago, and it was a hard deficit. They were already stressed out before that. They probably were under eating a little bit prior, so if they weren't dieting, but they still weren't fueling their body enough, there's no way in hell I'm going to put them in diet. For sure. They need another three to six months before I even consider that. The other person's like, oh, I was in deficit for three months, but I was at maintenance for a year before that, and I've been in maintenance for the last four to six weeks, but I'm ready to jump back in the diet. Like, oh, perfect. You took a maintenance Sounds phase. a lot better, yeah. Sounds way better, right? So I can't just say like, you know, there, there's blanket statements out there like um, reverse dieting, right? Like you should reverse diet or be out of a diet 1.5 times as long as you were in a diet. That's a very hard blanket statement you know if you dieted for six months that means you want to be out of a diet for a year and a half you know that's that's a long time that's not always the case i know people that can diet for six months we can bounce back in six and do it again um there's other people who should take longer you know and i think again it depends on your history so i took a year off the diet because i had dieted many times for different photo shoots and stuff like that in the past right and so for me it was like i need to give my body a good amount of time to take a break, build muscle. And I knew I was ready because I was like, hey, I'm not building muscle at the same rate anymore. 
because I've been at it for eight to ten months now, and I think it's I'm kind of using up my gains, you know. Yeah. So I either need to do a mini cut and get back at it, or I just need to go into cut. I was getting a little fluffy, and I was just ready. Like mentally, I was like, you know what, the business is in a good place, my family's in a good place, I could commit to a deficit. Like I could diet right now and be fine. Um, whereas if you would have asked me that in January. I would have been like, no way in hell. Still trying to figure out how to be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> we just rebranded. The team is growing. I don't have my systems in place yet, at least not confidently enough to, to feel like we could do that. And that would just be an added stress in my life, you know? So, And then COVID. And then COVID hit. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Yeah, that would have been, yeah. that's. But what I will say is there was a lot of people that were skeptical. They yeah. were like, oh, this is, it. I, I remember talking to people that were like, you know, like, I don't think it's the right time because, you know, COVID and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'd have you consider that it's the best time. Yeah. Like, why? Well, this is the only thing you can control. You can't control COVID. Yeah. You can't control your job. But if you get, keep your job and you can afford coaching, that gives you something in your control. And it gives you a support system to vent, to talk, to adjust, to, to have some kind of accountability. Yeah. But now I'm giving you homework to say, hey, let's work on you. That was one of the things I recommend to people, uh, some of my clients that live in Washington, with this this new closure, because it, it affected a bunch of people, like, just mentally, they're just like, fuck, not again, you yeah. know? And I'm like, hey, make a list of everything you can work on as an individual. Is there a new skill you could learn? Is there something you could be studying? Uh, could you get in better shape? Could you start running and be better, have a better endurance system? Mm -hmm. um, could you have, like, a, 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 like a calendar crossing off checks on it and, and how many days in a row can you track your macros you know like can you lose 20 pounds during quarantine i saw it happen yep. you know so I, I, there's just so much that you can control that you got to focus on those things um but yeah i think the 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 time for you to diet is is when your body's not stressed when your mind's not stressed are the two biggest things yep. um, you have to have a clear-cut goal um and really being in tune with your biofeedback. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. And your environment and your social aspects and like what's going on in life. Um, cause there's plenty of people who try to diet and it's just not a good time. So For they sure. can't adhere, but it's like, okay, hey, let's, let's not diet right now. Let's wait a little bit. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, next question comes from Franco Guzman. How do you measure if a reverse diet is going appropriately? Do you have any specific ranges or percentages you can you consider acceptable? That's a good question. What is it again? So it says, uh, how do you measure if a reverse diet is going appropriately? Do you have any specific ranges or percentages you consider acceptable? Um, I really don't. Like you know, I think it's hard because how how high you reverse diet up depends on how low you diet down. Yeah. You know, so if I was like, oh, for a reverse diet, you need to increase calories by 25% by the end of it. Well, 25% might not be enough for one person. It might be plenty for another, you know. Depends on your how how aggressive or conservative your diet was at the beginning. For sure. Um I do think like a 5 to 10% adjustment in calories is good either way. Um, so if somebody really wants a percentage, I might say, hey, when you start your reverse diet or you're making these reverse diet adjustments, you should be adjusting by 5 to 10% calories via whatever macro you need to increase every one to three weeks. Um, the first one might be bigger. I've seen people need a 20% bump up right away because we got to get them out of that deficit. You know what I mean? Like we got to get you out ASAP. 
But I've also seen that 5% increase works. I can think of one guy um, that I work with that we we put him through a cut and he got shredded. He's the actor in, in LA and mm. he got, dude, shredded. And I was like astonished because like at the end he's like, all right, we're going to reverse. And I'm like, bro, you're like eating a lot of food you know what I mean but like we don't have much room to reverse because he came to me and his average intake was uh I think like if I equated it to like good macros I can't remember what the calories were but if I kept him at maintenance it would have been um I think it was 200 protein 215 carb 55 fat right or 60 fat and we got down to 200 protein 200 carb 50 fat so like we cut 10 grams of fat and yeah. 15 grams carbs so it's like our first adjustment was right back up to where he was maintaining at first. You know, so we bumped it right up. He didn't gain any weight. Then I started adding on top of that. So for him, he's kind of an outlier, right? Because a very slow conservative diet worked amazing for him. Whereas other people, I'm slashing 30% of their calorie intake by the time we get to their low weight. And those people, I'm going, hey, your first bump is going to be a 15% increase. Big jump at the beginning. We're going to wait a few weeks. And then we're going to go 5% at a time. 5% of 2,000 calories is pretty small. Yeah. You know, that's not that many calories. So, um, and we just inch it up. But there's no, there's no, I mean, I guess those are ranges and percentages to give somebody For sure. like him. Um, how you know it's going well is really just, again, biofeedback. Yeah. Like, if you're increasing calories, think about this. Like, in all the things that calories help you do, are those things improving? Definitely. Right. So if you intake more food, you should have better sleep. You should be able to better manage stress. You should be training harder. You should be hitting PRs in the gym. You should have uh, a higher sex drive. You should have lower stress levels. You should have uh, less irritability, less cravings. Like all these things should be going away or increasing, depending on if they're positive or negative, um, as you increase calories. And if they are not, then it's not going well. Mm. Period. No matter what your percentages and ranges are, it doesn't matter. If, if those things aren't in improving properly. It's not working. It's not working. Yeah. So that's how I would gauge it. Touche. And that's also why, like, during a reverse diet, it helps to have a coach. Because yeah. the coach asks you those questions. It's hard to ask yourself those questions. Yeah. Good question, Franco. All right. Um, next question comes from J.H. Barker, 92. Wait, we already? No. All right. Full disclosure, I work out a lot. All right. It's not a very good start to this one. Yeah. <laughs> What's the definition of a lot? <laughs> we'll find out. Rest is hard for me. Not a good thing. Here we go. I'm lifting four days four days a week uh, during an hour of lifts, which is walking, two days. Oh, I'm lifting four days, doing an hour of lifts, lifts walking, two days. A uh, higher intensity random like interval type workout one day. I average 18,000 steps a day. I get like six hours of sleep. Work full time as a lawyer, mostly from home. Have two kids, ages six and four, that are in school four days a week. My hu my husband works nights, so I am solo for all dinner, bedtime stuff every night. It's a lot. I have been tracking at maintenance for about a year and have been in a really good spot mentally, physically until the last three or four months or so. By anyone else's estimate, I probably look the same as I did when I felt my best, but I can see I can see and feel some changes. I have some dysmorphia issues, but for real, I've put on about five or six pounds. Measurements have been up slightly. I can't seem to get back on track. I think I'm burnt out, and I don't know what I should do to sort 
of get myself motivated and back into it. Do you have any advice? This whole podcast is like centered around stress and dieting. Yeah. I mean, do that on purpose, but except the first question about business has just been like, I'm burnt out. What do I do? Yeah. I'm reverse dieting. What, what means it's working? You know, like, um, so again, this is another person. This is why I always encourage people to DM me because I always, I always get feedback in the DMS too. But what I told her was that I, I really think she needs to ignore the scale, set some like performance metric goals and just give herself a period of time to maintain. Um, 18,000 steps a day is a lot. Um, I, my goal right now is 9,000 and I don't hit it ever. <laughs> like I literally mm. go on walks when Blakely goes down for bed. If the, if it's not raining, yeah. if it's pouring on rain, I don't go. But just to try to hit 9,000, which isn't that much. Most people shoot for like 10K a day. But there was some research done. Um, I saw examine.com posted on Instagram. But there there was some research done showing that the the be- the health benefits of, of getting your steps in, um, healthy blood sugar levels, insulin, cardiac, stuff like that, it starts really peaking at about 7,000 steps a day, and it stops peaking at about 11. Mm. So going above 11,000 steps per day isn't going to create any more benefit from a health perspective than 11,000 steps per day. It will burn more calories, but you will also adapt to that caloric expenditure. So first thing I would do is lower that step. There's no reason to be doing that that many steps unless it's natural. If if you're like, I would have to stop doing my job or something like that, then okay, keep it. It's natural. Lower the list. You know, take that out. The one random hit, why are you doing that? Take that out. You know, like it's, I, I think when people ask questions like this, it's good because they can, they write out all the things that they know they need to stop doing and ask what my thoughts are, knowing what I'm going to tell them. But sometimes they need that verbal confirmation. So I think you just listed, you're doing too much cardio and you're probably dieting too, too often, you know? So right now, increase or too, or too hard or too hard yeah. yeah, or too aggressively either way if you're burnt out you're burnt out yeah you know like um there there comes a period of time occasionally where i not necessarily encourage the burnout but like you get close to that and that's okay it's like overreaching and training you know like when we're planning for uh, me to do a photo shoot in like february um if i'm not shredded by then i'm just gonna keep going but like let's say i do get ready by then in february that last like couple weeks are going to suck. Yeah. Like I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be doing extra cardio. I'm going to be dieting and I'm going to be burnt out. But I know it's like right around the corner, yeah. right? And then I reverse, I get out of it and I feel better. But if you're burnt out because you don't have a deadline, you just keep going, you just keep pushing, you're never satisfied with how lean you are, the, the weight on the scale is never what you want it to be, then it's time to... to Throw the scale away, set some performance metrics, bring your calories up to maintenance, and, and find peace within yourself. Find mental peace, find mental clarity, start journaling. Start, I have clients uh, that, have been, that have been with me for a long time, and there is no weight loss goal. There's no change goal. It's, it's 100%. Let's get strong, and let's make you love yourself more. Mm. Because then you can accept what is in the mirror. Um, now, I do believe if somebody is 30 pounds overweight, and I'm telling them to just accept it, that's that's wrong, you know, because you will be much healthier 30 pounds lighter. But it's the people that that I'm talking about are the people that they're already leaner than the average person, right? They're already fit, you know, and, and, but it's never good enough. And I've been in that place yeah. before. That's the time where you have to take a step back, start meditating, start journaling, start reading, stop weighing yourself so much, and focus on 
that part of things. Sometimes weighing yourself frequently helps these individuals because if you can teach people to use it as data, like I have a client, shout out to Amber. She lives out here in Washington. Um, with her, it was the same thing. We didn't want, she didn't want to weigh in constantly. It was, it was hard for her to see the number on the scale fluctuate or anything like that. But, but as I was like, Hey, I want you to weigh in every single day, which to most people listening might be counterintuitive. Like, man, that person hated the scale and you have weigh in every day. It's yeah. fucked up. But my thought process is, Hey, one, this is accountability. Two, you're going to see fluctuations, and I want you to learn to accept that and understand it's just data. Because when we average them out, you'll see that your average weight isn't going up. It's just that you have ups and downs. We all do because of salt, sodium, stress, training, all these different things that retain and change our, the fluctuations of our weight. So if I can get somebody to train their mind to just accept that there's fluctuations by weighing in every single day, I usually see a pretty positive effect of how it affects them mentally. Totally. And I think for the most part, like if, if you're, if, if your body composition goals are fucking with your head, it's time to set some metric goals, you know, like even, even for me, like after this photo shoot, like I'm already setting these because I know I'm not going to build more muscle. Like the diet's going to get me to my leanest. That's it. I'm already starting to play around with the idea of like powerlifting and, and what I want to do on like a 2k row for endurance. But like, let me try to increase my performance because it's not a metric or a judgment of what is in the mirror what's on the scale but it's it's my performance as an athlete which can always get better yeah um yeah unless you're the best unless you're the best (laughs) which i won't be anytime soon so i can keep working at it cool that's awesome all right guys uh we got a few more here um next one comes from b uh b pit fitness training most effective way to do client check-ins, video call, email, how do you check over their food choices throughout the week? I think it depends on the coach. Um, I I know like coaches that do better writing things out. I know clients that do better reading things. You know, like I gave my clients a choice. Like, you know, like, hey, here's my ways of responding to your check-in. Which way resonates with you best? Which yeah. way is easiest for you to get my feedback? Like how, how do you, or how, how is your receptiveness improved most? Cause I don't care. Like you want me to send you audio, you want me to send you a video, you want me to write it up for you. Like, I don't give a shit. I want it to, to teach you something. So what's the best way for you to learn? And what's the best way for you to hear me out? Um, I like video. Uh, I think video check-ins are great. Like loom videos where you're just talking on the screen and you're just going over the plan and, that's always super helpful. Um, there's times where you can't, so you can't lock yourself into that. You know, there's there's times where I don't have a quiet space that I can do loom checking, so I have to type them up, and mm-hmm. it is what it is. But um, I think locking yourself in is a bad idea, but I do think that I think loom videos are great. I think phone calls are great, but you, you really, as a business owner, you can't scale that because then you end up on the phone all day, every day, and you're limited to how many people you can help by how many people you can talk to on the phone. Yeah. And I know from personal experience that if you do like Fridays were my call days, dude, like by the end of the day, I was so burnt out that whoever was on the phone with me last didn't get all of me because I just had 17 other calls for the day. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like you get burnt out. Even if, it, even if it's like six calls in a row, Yeah, still six calls in a row that you're pouring your energy into somebody. So, um, I don't think that's the best route. Um, I think doing things on your own time uh, is not like a, a selfish way to make your job easier, like from a client's perspective, but rather it's it's a way 
to better organize so you can be more effective for them. Totally. Not only more efficient. If you're more efficient, you're more effective. You know, so if I can manage my time better and do things my way on my own time, my own schedule, I'll be able to give you more of me because I can take breaks when I need to in order to have my full energy present for you. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, it so depends. Yeah, it depends on the client. It depends <laughs> on you. I think uh, everybody knows, like, some people are really awkward and weird on camera. Don't do that then. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, part of having a coach is, like, you got to like the coach. Yeah. Like, they got to be cool. You know what I mean? You want your coach to be somebody you respect, you yeah. admire, you somewhat want to be like, you know, because, yeah. like, you have something that I want or you know something that I – so if, if you're really bad on camera, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Go practice with, like, improv or whatever and then come back to it. Yeah. Just type them up for now. But, um, but yeah, there's so many routes to go. I think at the end of the day, like, as long as you're giving them all of you and you're being in-depth, then I think you're being a good coach. And as far as checking their, their food logs – I mean, it depends what app they're using. Like, you know, get on your computer, log in the app, see what they're eating. Um, you should have some kind of tracking system in your business if you're a coach. Yeah. And that tracking system is going to give you all the information you need in order to adjust the plan accordingly to get the person results. Totally. So, Love it. Yeah. I uh, I think that most of our coaches do Loom videos, right? Yeah. 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 Most of them do. Um, I, I want to say all of them do unless, like, they can't. Like, yeah. Like me. You know what I mean? Like, there was... Um, Yesterday, I did a few check-ins, but um, I stayed home and worked from home just so I can hang out with Blakely since I missed her for two days, get my tattoo, and uh, I had a few check-ins left over that were turning late. I didn't do those on Loom because my daughter was sleeping on the wall behind me. Yep. You know what I mean? I typed them up, but when I'm in here, I can do them, yep. so it just depends. All right, cool. Let's do like one more. Yeah, we got one more here from uh, Tabby Mays. <laughs> If someone spends roughly a year bulking, generally speaking, how long would a cut last? I don't think the cut timeline should change no matter how long you were bulking or gaining for. Hmm. So if you were, uh, because at the end of the day, like if you, like if you're, if you're bulking for one year compared to two years. So here's what I would say. I mean, it's a long time. If you're gaining, there's people that do it because they're, they're lean. You know what I mean? So like if you, if you need eight months of a diet after your bulk, you bulked too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to me, if, if you did the bulk right, you probably need anywhere between 12 to 24 weeks, which is three to six months. Um, if you did the bulk right, you did gain some fat, but you gained predominantly muscle and you did it slow enough to where you didn't gain too much fat. And you started, this is the big key, you started from a place that was already lean. So when I started my bulk, I was I was pretty lean, visible six-pack, especially in the morning, like you're always leaner in the morning, but shirt off in front of cameras, I was very vascular lean, like perfect. That was a good place to start from because then I can build muscle on it and you'll get a little fluffy in the process. But by the end of the bulk, I know like, okay, I got, you know, 10-ish pounds I could shave off, 10 to 15 pounds I could shave off, and 20 pounds if I want to be just like bodybuilding shredded but that's a safe range if i bulked harder and faster and more aggressively which i easily could have done because i could have ate more if i wanted to i wasn't like having difficulty eating my calories but if i did that i would have had like 30 pounds to lose right that's going to take longer and that's a lot of unnecessary fat yeah you know what i mean so if you did the bulk right you didn't gain so much weight that you need an extended cut because of the, the bulk right so in general, hypothetically speaking, somebody does a, a, a proper gaining phase for a year. I would probably say between twelve to twenty-six weeks or twenty-four weeks, nope. three to six months, gives you enough time to be in a deficit for a long period of time. It gives you enough time to make adjustments, and it gives you enough time to have diet breaks in there. 
I prefer people to go on a six month diet almost always. I just At think least. it's better. I even have clients that go beyond that. You know, yeah. we go like nine months because we take diet breaks or we go so slow. Like Steven, I was talking about earlier for him, like the first three months of his cut, he was eating like 350 grams of carbs. Wow. So you don't even feel the diet wow. at that point. You know what I mean? He was killing it. Now, what I will say, it's all relative to the person's metabolism. Definitely. So like 350 to him might be like 150 to me. You know, we both feel the diet the same way. It's just different intakes for different bodies. Correct. Um, but because I was coaching him, I know that he was, I mean, he was crushing bench PRs, deadlift PRs. So I knew he wasn't feeling the diet. So the first three months, we lost a good amount of fat. But from a like a, uh, like a, a health perspective, from the timeline perspective, I didn't even count that first three months. Yeah. Because I'm like, he's he's in this mentally, and I know that he's in a healthy place. Once we started dipping below 300 grams for him of carbs, that's when I started saying, like, okay, now we're starting to get in the diet. Now I got to monitor time and biofeedback because that's when I know how much longer he has. For sure. Um, but he's also, he's a, he was already relatively, we went through, like, a eight- or nine-month bulk, um, and... Uh, for him, he didn't have as much weight to lose as somebody who's, let's say, 50 pounds overweight. But I take just as long because the leaner you are, the slower your fat loss process should be because that's how you maintain muscle, hormones, and strength most. For sure. Um, if you're really overweight, you can go way faster because you're just stripping fat. That's fine. Gotcha. So Yeah. Yeah. Dope. All right. That's well, it. yeah, those are all the questions for today, guys. Um, again, Black Friday this this weekend, uh, all uh, lowercase letters, Black Friday, one word. Yes, sir. Um, take advantage of that. Yeah, click the link in the description. Yeah. Um, jump in the group. It's great. Take the quiz. Ask me anything, and we will get Download you True Coach. Yep, and you'll download True Coach. And, and if anybody is already on the Taylor Trainer or you sign up after listening to this, when you get our invitation to True Coach, go to your settings and click toggle icon because then your icon on your homepage shows tailored coaching methods. Sick. And not that many companies have that. Let's go. Because um, they they launched it and then they took it away. But they already started creating mine before they took it away. I don't know why they took it away. They I, I guess they what they told me was he was like, we're reserving it for our uh, like highest end clients, which are people who have like, it's like thousands of people in it. Yeah. So like huge chain companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I understand. He's like, but we already told you we would. So we did it for you too. Sick. Dope. Yep. So um, yeah, check that out, guys. Link is in the description of this podcast. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. 
This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here, and I'll see you next time.